Welcome to Treasures of Truth, a daily broadcast from Monday through Friday where we encourage you to come and study the Bible with us. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church in Meridian, Idaho. This week we've been bringing you a message entitled, Good Anger and Bad Anger. Your host, Pastor Rick DeMichael, will continue to bring us this message from Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 18. So often in this book of Proverbs, we're exhorted to control our anger. We as Christians are not to be wrathful or someone who stirs up strife. And yet, at the same time, there is a time for righteous indignation. Today, Pastor DeMichael will show us what the Bible has to say about the wrong kind of anger and the right kind of anger. And now your host, Pastor Rick DeMichael. Let's talk about magnitudes of anger or degrees of anger, ranging, ranging from uh, uh, mild to uncontrolled explosion. Number one, indignation. Uh, that's a simmering anger provoked by something appearing unjust or unworthy. And this kind of anger is often seen as justified. Uh, Luke chapter 13, the ruler of the synagogue became indignant when Jesus appeared to break the law by healing on the Sabbath day. Remember how many times those Jewish leaders got angry with Christ about that? Now, again, they perceived an injustice, but was it reality? No. Mm -mm. Indignation. Now, again, there is such a thing as a righteous indignation, but a lot of what we subscribe to as righteous indignation is a misperception on our part, or we're doing some crusading for our own cause, not God's. But, of course, as Christians, we will put it under the banner of God because we're smarter than to reveal ourselves. Uh, the next stage is wrath. This is burning anger with a desire to avenge. Wrath often moves from a feeling to the outward expression of anger. Uh, you read in Romans chapter 1 about God's wrath as a divine chastisement. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven, Romans chapter 1. But folks, uh, God's wrath is always righteous. And God is slow to wrath. We are much quicker to wrath than God is. He is slow to wrath. And when God pulls that trigger, it's justified. When we do it, again, more often than not, it's a crusade, and we're crusading our own cause. Fury is the next stage. That's a fiery anger that it's so fierce it begins to destroy common sense. The word suggests a force that is compelled to harm or destroy. Acts chapter 5, some of the members of the Sanhedrin were so furious with Peter and the other apostles that they wanted them put to death. What a thing to kill a man for, for preaching something they disagreed about. They wanted to kill him. And then lastly is rage. Rage is blazing violent fury encompassing the loss of self-control and temporary insanity. Those uh, cities of refuge. Do you ever read about those and wonder about those? And those cities of refuge were there for 
a man who had committed manslaughter. Now, if a man had committed murder, he was to be handed over to the law for justice. But if a man committed manslaughter, he was to flee to a city of refuge. And he was to stay there for protection until the death of the high priest. I never did quite figure that one out. And I often wondered, as a high priest, you had to be a little uncomfortable around those cities of refuge. (laughs) Maybe all the prayers going up from the cities of refuge may not be for your health and wealth. (laughs) I don't know if you think like that, but I've wondered about that. But the man could go to the city of refuge so that he could escape the avenger of blood. And who is the avenger of blood? Usually the avenger of blood was a relative of the person that was killed in the act of manslaughter. And he, he would undoubtedly have a vigilante mentality. And as long as the man who had committed manslaughter stayed in the city of refuge till the death of the high priest, he was safe. After the death of the high priest, he could leave the city of refuge and he was considered uh, off limits still. But during the, during the life of the high priest, he was to stay there and the revenger of blood was, was not to touch him. In fact, the revenger of blood did him any harm. It would be considered uh, murder if he were to kill him. So uh, rage, a blazing, violent fury. I told you what Brother Dan Metters said to me. Dan, Brother Dan Metters preaches a lot in the prisons in uh, Texas. And uh, this, the prisons down in Texas have a, a, quite the population one of the highest populations of any state, maybe the highest. I forget exactly what the numbers were that he told me. But, you know, he told me one time, and I've shared this with you. He said, preacher, he said, I got a lot of friends in that prison. He said, a lot of those guys are not classic criminals in the sense that we think of a criminal, a conniving, manipulating kind of guy that sits up at night figuring out ways of, you know, beating the system and hurting people and getting something for nothing. He said, there's a lot of guys in those prisons that just lost their temper one time too many. And you know what? Uh, people in this country sit around watching TV and they watch barroom brawls. Ever see a barroom brawl on television? And they're throwing roundhouse after roundhouse on each other and knocking each other across the room. And you notice how these guys just keep getting up and keep fighting? That's not real life. About five years ago here, you probably read the paper about this guy in the bar that just cold cocked the guy one time right there on the, on the button. The guy went down like a sack of potatoes and died. How many of you remember that one? It was within the past five years. It might even been the last two or three years. That's more like reality. That's more like reality. And Brother Dan said, there's, there's a lot of guys in that prison that I know. That's, that's what happened to them. Just one time, they lost it, boom, and they spend the rest of their lives or a lot of their lives in the crossbar motel. That's rage. All right, let's talk about some of the misconceptions about anger. Uh, In this present culture, if you get angry about the right kind of things, in other words, you do have righteous indignation, uh, you're going to have to fight back guilt. You'll have to wrestle sometimes with a sort of undefined feeling of guilt. And remember something about guilt. When when God wants to use guilt in your life, he's not going to be vague about it. If, if the Spirit of God is speaking to you, he will put his finger on the subject and he'll let you know what's going on. When you have that sort of vague sense of guilt that you just can't kick for anything, I mean, you confess all your sins and you confess a few you didn't commit and, and 
you know, you're, you're, you're examining your life with a fine-tooth comb, but you just have this sort of nagging, vague feeling of guilt. That's not God. That's Satan, folks. That's a false guilt. And the best way to fight that is to identify it. It's a lie of the devil is what it is. It's a deception. Deceptions are lies. And the devil will work with deception. And he'll try to make you feel guilty when you shouldn't feel guilty. How about this one? If you speak up against homosexuality in any form, what will most people these days, or at least a lot of people these days, call you or think of you as? Hateful or homophobic? And I've told you what my response to that is. I always tell them I'm not homophobic. I'm homonausic. There's a big difference. But they'll try to make you feel guilty about it. So there are misconceptions about anger. And as I said to you in the beginning, uh, God doesn't teach us in the Bible the absence of anger. That would be passivism. And uh, uh, that's, as, that's as wrong as uh, an anger problem because the pacifist is just going to sit there and look at evil and, and when it's his duty to do something, whether it's within the, the, the bounds of his uh, leadership or sphere of influence or not, he just kind of, well, you know, you know, just live and let live. We got to get along and let's not, uh, you know, let's not have any conflict here. So watch out about that one. Is it a sin to be angry. Be angry and sin not. Ephesians chapter 4, let not the sun go down upon your what? Wrath. So there's a righteous anger, but there's the wrath of man which worketh not the righteousness of God. How can I keep from feeling guilty when I feel anger? All right? Anger is a signal that something's wrong. What's wrong? Is it me or is it the situation? Is it my incorrect response to the situation or is it the call to do something? Notice how many times the Bible says to be slow to anger. Slow to anger. Okay, you think it through, you keep your rational mind moving here. You keep your rational mind in gear. You don't disengage there and go straight to the emotions. You keep working on the rational. We want to thank you for being with us today. It is our hope and prayer that today's program was truly a blessing to you. You've been listening to a message entitled, Good Anger and Bad Anger. Your host, Pastor Rick DeMichael, has brought us a much-needed message from the book of Proverbs today, one that we as Christians need to be reminded of on a regular basis. With the many pressures that each of us faces in this life, it is absolutely essential for us to be in control in every situation. And that can only happen when we learn to submit ourselves to God and walk in the Spirit. The only alternative to this is to walk in the flesh, and we all know what happens when we do that. We allow circumstances in our lives to overwhelm us, and as a result, it makes us useless for God and a stumbling block to people. Not something that we want as a Christian. If you'd like to order a CD of today's message, it's available for a suggested contribution of $5. Our address is Treasures of Truth, care of Treasure Valley Baptist Church, 1300 South Terry Avenue, Meridian, Idaho, 83642. And our phone number is area code 208-888-4545. Our webpage address is www.tvbc.org. 
Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church. We welcome you to our services on Sunday at 9.15 a.m. for Sunday School, at 10.30 a.m. for morning worship and preaching, at 6 p.m. for Bible preaching and teaching, and also on Wednesday at 7 p.m. for more Bible preaching and teaching.